We are in a sermon series about Simon Peter's life, failing forward. We all fail. Simon Peter failed. We all have failed and we all will fail. But the key is to fail forward, to grow from our struggles and our mistakes, our our bitter disappointments, and to move forward. And uh, this morning we're at the heart of what is usually best known about Simon Peter's failures, uh, the three times that he denied Jesus on that night of Jesus' trial just before his crucifixion. And the scripture I'm going to read from John chapter 18 is a little longer than usual. Uh, I had thought about sort of cutting and editing, but I think it's important that we sense together the context of that denial because sometimes we just uh, do snippets and we need to see the context. And besides that, we just need to read God's word more in, in, in church and not be in, in such a rush. So if you need to stay seated for the reading, totally understandable. We're going to read the first 27 verses of chapter 18. If you're able, would you stand as God's word is read and as we listen prayerfully uh, to this very important story in scripture. John 18, 1 and following. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, he stepped back, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, so if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken, I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave to me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went in with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples 
and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One time we were in the Rocky Mountains and uh, uh, we were on a, a boat cruise of a beautiful lake and the, the guide who was uh, piloting the boat was also a mountain climber and uh, a guide for mountain trails and mountain hiking. And he shared an, an amazing fact. He said, did you know that 70% of all mountain climbing accidents happen going down, not climbing up. 70% of the accidents happen descending, not ascending. You know, you see all these TV commercials and these movies about mountain climbing and, and, and it is treacherous and you see them going up very carefully and very slowly and almost falling. It's dangerous, but more accidents happen as people are coming back down off of the mountain. And uh, the reasons are varied because the mountain hikers are, mountain climbers are more relaxed, they're careless, they're tired, they're overconfident. Simon Peter, just before Jesus' great ordeal, had bragged to Jesus, others may forsake you, but I never will. Overconfident, tired, Careless. Simon Peter had had a pretty good run before this denial scene story. Now, he'd had his mess-ups. But if you think about it, anytime Jesus wanted to do a special conversation with an inner circle of disciples, it was almost always Peter, James, and John. Peter made the cut. He was the inside group. He felt pretty good about that. Remember, Simon Peter is the one uh, of all the disciples who said, Lord, I want to walk on the water too. And he actually walked on the water for a while. How many can say that, right? And it was Simon Peter who often raised his hand, pick me, pick me, and Jesus would pick him and, and Simon Peter would have the right answer. Remember the confession at uh, Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16. So Peter had, had a pretty good run and he was feeling pretty good about himself. You know, here's the problem with success. Whether it's spiritual success or business or financial success. Here's the problem with success. We begin believing our own press releases. We begin believing 
that we're the reason everything is going so right. The problem with when things are going right is that we get puffed up and we begin to think that we're the cause of it all and that we don't need God anymore, we don't need others anymore, we can handle it all by ourselves. Others may deny you, Jesus, but I'll never do that. Man, I've made, I'm made out of strong stuff. And then we read in John 13, 38, Jesus said, Simon, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. In other words, you're not going to, Simon Peter, you're not going to make it through one night before you deny me three times. And this scene that we just read is in all four Gospels. Now think about that. Usually the only things that make all four Gospels are the things that are really, really central and, and that are so important that all four Gospel writers share them. And John does a marvelous job like a movie director. He moves the camera from inside the high priest's palace where Jesus is being questioned and then he switches the camera outside in the courtyard to Simon Peter, who's denying, as if he wants us to catch the contrast between Jesus' courage and Simon Peter's cowardice. And he wants us to know that while Jesus is having a trial on the inside, Simon Peter's having his own trial of soul on the outside. And it's a powerful scene. I want to show you the picture of a church that is in uh, that region of Jerusalem. This is called, uh, this is a church, by the way, that was built uh, by the Franciscans in 1931. It's built, it's believed on the site of the high priest's house or palace where Jesus was examined that night. So this is also the site of Simon Peter's denial. And listen to the name of the church. The church is called St. Peter in Gallicantu. St. Peter in Gallicantu. The word Gallicantu is Latin for rooster. And on top of this marvelous building is a golden rooster on the roof. As a, as a forever reminder of the failure of Simon Peter in that bitter evening when he denied Jesus. And the scene is very interesting because it's like a spiral that intensifies each denial. Um, at first the questions are not quite so intrusive. Uh, you, weren't, you weren't with this Jesus. Were you? You're not one of his. No, no, no. Second one, a little more intense. Remember, it's dark, uh, it's cold. Maybe Simon Peter had his head wrapped in some kind of scarf to keep his ears warm. Uh, it's a charcoal fire, not a flaming fire, so the light isn't very good. People couldn't really tell, is, is that the one who was with Jesus or, or does he just look like him? But here's the real strange thing that John mentions, the only gospel writer who mentions this. The third person who asked him, you were with Jesus, weren't you? Is a relative of the one whose ear was cut off by Simon Peter. 
Can you say awkward? I mean, here they stand beside the fire. And this, this man says, you were, with Je- you were with Jesus. You cut off my cousin's ear. So here, the one who had bragged so much doesn't make it through one night in following through with his commitment to Jesus Christ. One of the things we learn about Simon Peter's life in this sermon series is that none of us is ever just one thing. We're all an amalgam. We're all a mixture of good and bad, purity and evil, of courage and cowardice. We're not just one thing. Simon Peter was confused and he failed. And part of his confusion was that he thought the enemy was out there. He thought about those those soldiers and the police who came after Jesus to, to bind him like some kind of criminal. And he thought, they're the enemy. You know, that's why he cut off the ear of that one man. He thought of those cruel Roman soldiers and the, the oppressive regime that they had uh, put uh, the Jewish people under. They're the enemy. Then he thought of the hypocritic religious system, the high priests and all of their fancy gowns and all of their strutting and all of their uh, collecting money for the treasury. And, and he thought, they're the enemy. But he realized, he learned that night, Simon Peter learned that night, that the real enemy is not out there. The real enemy is in here. The civil war that goes on in our hearts. And haven't you found that true in your own life? Because of the pain and pressure and the civil war going on in your own life, you lash out at others, you take your sword and you lop off somebody's ear. I'm speaking figuratively, of course. Because of the pain and the warfare in our hearts, We always make somebody else the enemy instead of dealing with the stuff inside of us. And I know that Simon Peter later repented, came back to the Lord. We're going to talk about that next Sunday, but let's don't get ahead of our story. What I'm thinking about is all those people who were not Christ followers that night who witnessed Simon Peter's denials. They weren't all present when he finally got it right and was cleansed and restored. So what I want to ask is, do you ever stop and think about the people who see our poor witness when we're at our worst? The people who see us blow it and the people who see us deny Christ? You ever stop and think about how they're not always around to see us when we, when we get back with the Lord again, when we get things right with the Lord again? Have you, ever, have you ever stopped and thought about the damage done to the kingdom of God because of our poor witness? I mean, it's scary. It's scary. And have you ever thought that there are so many ways that we can deny Jesus? We, not, we may not be standing beside a charcoal fire with Jesus on the inside but there are ways that we deny the Lord. There's a beautiful story. Many of you know it. 
uh, the book called The Hiding Place, made into a movie, Corey Tenboom tells the story of her Christian family in uh, the Netherlands, what was then called Holland, uh, trying to endure Hitler's cruel Nazi regime. Now, these were Christians, and they started hiding Jews uh, behind the false walls of their home because they saw what was happening, and they were protecting these Jews from being gathered up by the Gestapo and hauled off to death camps. And it's an intriguing story. And finally, of course, the Nazis find out about this hiding place. They come in and, and uh, arrest Corey Tenboom, her sister, uh, Bess, uh, and, uh, and her, uh, Betsy, and, and her father, Casper. Her father's uh, an aged man, he's very frail. And as the Gestapo loads them in the back of a truck to haul them off to prison, somehow, for some reason, the chief of the Gestapo has a moment of clarity and compassion. He looks at the, the very old, very frail Casper Ten Boom, and he walks up to him and he quietly says, Old man, if you give me your word that, I'll ca that you'll cause no more trouble... I'll let you go back to your home. And without hesitating, evenly and simply, here's what Casper Ten Boom answered. If I go home today, tomorrow I will open my door again to any man in need who knocks. And he was hauled off to prison and he died a short time later. We forget sometimes that we not only deny Christ when we turn our backs on Him, we deny Christ when we turn our backs on His. When we turn our backs on His people. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew 25, when you do good to the least and the last and the lost, you're doing good to me. When you do good to the powerless, you're doing good to me. There are so many ways that we can deny Jesus. Now, here is the most fascinating truth of the whole Simon Peter saga. Most Bible scholars believe that we have all this material about Simon Peter's failures because he told it on himself. Now think about it. Sure, there were other disciples around at times, but only Simon Peter could give us all these details. He told it on himself. I mean, think about it. There weren't any smartphones back then where people just turns on, turn on the camera and say, I, I, this is going to be good, I'm going to record this. The only way we know this is that Simon Peter tells it on himself. There was about him a vulnerability. There was about him, for all of his flaws and all of his failure, there was an honesty, uh, a transparency that says, I blew it so badly 
and I just want to tell you what a mess I made of things, and yet God loves me. I failed, but I failed forward. What would happen in the church today if there was that kind of gut-level honesty? What would happen if the church became more like an AA meeting and less like a four-year-old's pretend game? I thought maybe I'd hear some amens on that, but I guess not. I mean, what would happen if we had that kind of, of brutal honesty about our own lives? Yes, we fail. But through God's grace, we fail forward. And God's grace is always there to pick us up and to clean up the messes. Because that's just who God is.